1: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of The Herald-Times, and today we're going to talk about the winter, and it's been a brutal one. It's been a brutal winter here in south-central Indiana. We've had snowstorms, below-zero temperatures. Uh, It's the year of the polar vortex, I guess. Uh, The severe winter weather has meant delays and closings for schools, and if you think it's been more than usual, well, you're right. Uh, Since the fall of 2009, the average number of total delays and closings in the area is 125. So far this year, we've had 388 or 81, I'm sorry, not including this morning. So today on Noon Edition, we're going to discuss how these delays uh, can affect the students who are going to school uh, as well as the teachers as they prepare for end-of-the-year testing and staying on track with the curriculum. So we have uh, three guests with us in the studio and another one joining us by phone. In the studio with us are Matthew Hoagland, who's an AP history teacher at Bloomington High School South, Jeff Deckard, the transportation manager for Brown County Schools, and Jason Bletzinger, who is the assistant superintendent for the Richland Bean Blossom Schools. You can join us uh, on the discussion by calling us uh, at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. You can follow us on Twitter, if you want, at Noon Edition. So it's been a tough winter for everybody. You guys look like you're doing all right. but
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're holding up.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I want to talk to Jeff first before – oh, I I should mention we have a fourth guest with us, and I I almost left him out, but he's joining us by phone. That's Josh Goodman. We're going to have him for the first half of the program. And Josh is an assistant professor of public policy at Harvard. And he recently uh, authored a study that looked at how snow days are affecting uh, long-term learning, and it uh, it's really an interesting study. So we'll talk to to Josh in just a minute, but I want to want to go to Jeff first. I know you've had all sorts of problems in Brown County. How I mean, how difficult is it to get around out there, and how how many snow days have you had? Do you know?
3: I think we've had uh, twelve uh, to date, and uh, probably double that on delays. Mm-hmm.
1: I know you've delayed uh, graduation out there. I know yes. Mr. Schaefer announced that, so graduation is going to be delayed. Um, is it mostly the the ice on those hills, or is it snow, or a combination of it, things?
3: This winter has been a little unusual because uh, normally when they plow the snow, uh, there's a follow-up of some maybe some warming within mm-hmm. the next few hours. This winter has been every snow event has been followed up with uh, extreme cold, and so, if there has been some melting as it snows and some packing it, it tends to have a, a layer of ice build up underneath and, and it 's been very difficult uh, for the the county highway department to keep not only the the width of the road uh, within a reasonable you know, amount so you can pass but uh, also the keeping the the bus turnarounds and the different locations because uh, Brown county is. A little unusual it's not laid out on grids you know hill uh, we have a lot of hills a lot of valleys and and roads tend to follow those hills and then they tend to follow the valleys and and you very rarely can you get anywhere without encountering uh, one of those hills or valleys
1: mm-hmm. and jason jason blitzinger is the assistant
2: superintendent of rbb so how many snow days have you had now i believe we've had uh, somewhere around six uh-huh. and again double the the amount of uh, late start days mm-hmm. so how, how do you make that decision there's a lot that goes into that uh first and foremost student safety mm-hmm. um you know i think we were talking uh, before the the program uh, aired today that you know how people uh, look at uh while well, we hear snow's coming and they get prepared for what happens at home we do the same thing in school corporations uh trying to identify uh you know what is what is it calling for uh, uh what's the weather what temperature is going to look like um, in some of our rural areas of our corporation limits how is that going to be affected um, and then looking at uh, the uh, the wind chills. I mean, it's always going to have an impact. Uh, how is it going to impact our buses and how they start up in the morning? Are they going to be able to, to fully function? How many are going to gel over uh, in terms of the, the engines? So that that all has an impact, um, and we're looking at days in advance. We're, we're having conversations within our uh, corporation on that.
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh, I want to bring Matt Hoagland in here, too. Uh, Matthew, the, the MCCSC has missed. Probably a
4: few, four, or five, four or five. I've lost track.
1: Yeah. yeah, a lot of delays. A lot of delays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to say I'm really glad I'm not involved in making these decisions. <laughs> these You're just trying to catch up by, you know, teaching the, the students who come in. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to you uh, in just a minute about that. But I want to bring Josh Goodman in. Uh, Josh, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here. All right. Well, you, your study is a little counterintuitive. I think. Uh, can you explain what what you found?
5: Yeah. Um, so the state of Massachusetts after a particularly bad winter uh, called me up and asked me to do some research about whether snow days and the school closures that, that go along with them, uh, you know, whether they seem to hurt student achievement, uh, you know, as measured by these end-of-year test scores that we now give kids uh, all the time. And, you know, the, the state was concerned because they want kids to learn and they want schools to be doing well. And so I spent some time putting the data together, and it turned out that the answer was No. And, and everyone was surprised, but it didn't seem like there's any connection between the number of snow days that a, a student experiences in a given year and how they do on the exam at the end of the year uh, and so the state was surprised but happy to hear this
1: i i'd say we're, we're all a little I'm a little surprised anyway so uh, what do you what do you attribute that to
5: so uh so here, here's what I think. I was a high school teacher for two years before I uh, went into academia, and the explanation that I sort of came up with, and, and a lot of teachers I've talked to agree with this, is that you know one-off snow days are not very hard for teachers to deal with. right? It's hard if you do four, five, six snow days. But if you're talking about the usual kind of winter where you might lose a day here, a day there, all that a teacher has to do is push their lesson plans back a day, and then later in the year maybe cut out some optional activity that, you know, isn't going to get tested or something like that. That's not such a hard thing for a teacher to do. It turns out what is hard, by the way, is uh, something else that we found in the data, which is the days that hurt student learning are not snow days when the schools close down, but days when there are four or five inches of snow, when schools stay open, but only half the kids show up. It turns oh. out that really confuses teachers and makes and, and, and sort of screws up instructional time.
0: No, that makes sense. What about delays?
5: So, uh, you know, I would have loved to study them. Unfortunately, when the state came to me and asked me to study this issue, I said, okay, great, give me the data on snow days. And they said, well, we don't collect it. So, <laughs> so what we had to do was call every single school district in Massachusetts, and there are about 350 of them, uh, Uh, because every little town is its own district and ask them, you know, how many snow days did you declare this year, last year, going back 10 years, and and a lot of the districts actually knew the answers, but they didn't keep track of the delays, and so we couldn't think about those in the study, which was sad. All Interesting.
0: That right. I mean, might be a good one to do going forward. Yeah, well,
5: then. I don't want to make 350 phone calls
0: again. <laughs> <yet.
1: laughs> well, I want to ask uh, Matthew Hoagland about, about your reaction to that. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. I think I've been adjusting. I think everybody's
4: been adjusting to the, the changes like that. And and a lot of us will be adding days to the end of the year, so you can make up a lot of ground there as well. But uh, that doesn't really surprise me um, in and of itself. It, it is a really disruptive environment right now between the delays and, and the mm-hmm. and the days we missed. But I think a lot of us are trying to figure out how to make up that ground and, and probably will do so for the most part. Mm-hmm.
0: Matthew, I have a son at South, so I know that you don't just like shave off a, a period or anything. You, you still have each of the class sessions, yeah. but they just meet for a shorter period of time.
4: That's correct. And not a lot shorter uh, because we went to the extended day a few years back. Uh, we added a Uh, intervention period called Panther Plus Mm -hmm. in the middle of that, and we dropped that. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we only need to drop about 10 minutes off of the class periods, something like that. So it it doesn't have as big an impact as you might think in terms of the class time. However, the lack of the intervention period does have a big impact. I talked to my Mm -hmm. principal about that, and they're seeing a spike in missed assignments and, and kids having bad grades that they would intervene with. But we've had almost none of those intervention periods since the holiday break. Can you, can you explain what happens during the intervention period? Well, it depends a lot on the, the student situation. For students that are doing fine, it's, you know, they, it's a chance to go see teachers. They can do homework. They can do a whole variety of different things. But for that uh, targeted audience of kids who are not doing the work or trouble, having troubles doing the work, it's a chance to intervene with them. We have special programs set up to work with them, and it's really made a big difference in terms of getting work turned in mm-hmm. and helping kids you know make up lost time and so forth and When that's not happening, it has the biggest impact at that on that group of kids that we've been trying to target now for years. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. What happens out at RBB on the snow days? Well, the, snow out, days the, uh, the delay days, I
2: guess. The delay saying, days. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, teachers are adjusting schedules. Mm-hmm. Uh, each building has, has different schedules to uh, adjust what happens with lunch periods and, and with related arts periods. Um, and we do the, see the same thing, especially in our junior high school, where we've, we've implemented a uh, an intervention period, uh, since the holidays uh, it's been difficult to do that with the late starts and the school closings and, and you know and that's really uh, that 's really where we work with students specifically looking at the test data to identify what are their specific skill needs um, and so it does have an impact on your entire day you know and teachers are having to um, to reorganize and to really focus you know what are our priority standards uh within our content areas and let's really let 's really focus on what we have to do instead of what are some of those those nice things that we can, uh, we can afford to include in the curriculum. Now we've got to really focus our efforts and identify what are those those big items we need to hit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. For our listeners out there, how have all these snow days affected you and your students? Have uh, you had to take more time off work to stay home? with the kids. I mean, that's another big issue that comes along with this. Um, Is it affecting your job? Um, How's it affecting those kids that you have at home? If you want to join the conversation, let us know about that. Please call us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the local area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org. I know MCCSC uh, and
0: i Forgive me I'm most familiar with that school corporation so my questions are probably going to focus on that that school system a lot but they have uh, excellent before and after school care on delay days uh do people have the option of still using the before school care and and this may be out of your area of expertise Matthew so excuse me um and if you if you know the answer to that can people who don't necessarily take advantage of that program on a regular basis, accesses, access it on kind of a drop-in basis. And I would be interested to know if that's a situation that um, you guys have at your school, corporations as well.
4: Well, my youngest is 20 now, so I'm a, <laughs> a little out of practice on that. So uh, well, that I, I actually loop. don't know the answer to that mm-hmm. uh, or how they deal with that. I, I really would feel for parents of young kids in this environment. Because it's just been kind of crazy. I don't know how you plan around that. So I don't know. That's
3: mm-hmm. a
0: really mm-hmm. good question. Mm-hmm. Do you all know? Yeah.
3: I, I have uh, just a comment on that. that uh, most of our after-school care has run on time. The only time that we canceled after-school care was, I believe, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to beat the clock on this the, this front coming through. And uh, it, it it turned out to be the right call to make. But most on a two-hour delay our our after school care does run on time. Mm-hmm.
6: That's
2: the same for us. The after school care runs on time. Usually with the two hour delay, you know, it, it's for students and staff. We want to make sure that we that they get there safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the after school it continues to run.
0: But you but you uh, cut out the pre we, yeah the before. My understanding we uh-huh. cut out the
2: the pre the before school.
1: If you're just joining us, that was Jason Bletzinger. He's the assistant superintendent for RBB, and uh, before that, we heard from Jeff Deckard, the transportation manager of the Brown County Schools, and also with us is Matthew Hoagland, an AP history teacher at Bloomington High School South. Josh Goodman, I'm going to go back to you. Josh is joining us by phone. Uh, He's a professor of public policy at Harvard who recently authored a study that uh, sort of counterintuitively said that snow days actually don't hurt uh, student performance. Um, I want to ask for a little further, um, uh, I guess, further information on that. It sounds like you were saying that maybe one one snow day isn't so bad, but if you're getting into four or five or six, that, that could that could be detrimental.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, in our study, you know, the vast majority of the snow days we were looking at were, you know were happening in years when kids had two or three or maybe four snow days. You know, when you get into crazy numbers, when you, when you have really difficult winters, you know, there's no question that's a lot harder for teachers to adjust to because no matter how much, you know, you you cut out of your curriculum, you almost certainly are going to lose something important. And so, um, you know, I don't want to say that my my study's suggesting that you know missing school has no impact on kids learning whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it's just hard to extrapolate into these very extreme situations.
1: Right. Well, how has the state of Massachusetts uh, accepted your study? Has there been? Do you think there've been <clears throat> changes? Uh, so
5: in- so I mean, I, you know, my basic message to them is, you know, roughly speaking, it seems like whatever we're doing in Massachusetts <clears throat> when it comes to snow days is working. Uh, 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 So, you know, if if anything, what I wanted the state to take away from my study was that, uh, you know, snow days are dramatic events and and we focus on them a lot because it's a really obvious place that kids lose time in school. Um, But actually in Massachusetts, which is a pretty snowy state, Mm -hmm. the average number of snow days that a kid experiences in a given year is is only about two. You know, when you average it across all your snow and your not snowy winters, the number of absences that kids have averages about eight so if you're worried about lost instructional time, you know, snow days may be important, but but you know, basic attendance is a much bigger part of the issue. And so that's sort of what I was pushing the state to think about and and you know, there's not there's not as much that they can do about that, you know, the state has better better facilities to deal with how do you handle snow days, Do you delay exams and all that? But attendance is a really hard nut to crack.
0: Does Massachusetts have a built-in number of days that let's say you know you can miss up to five before you then tack on days at the end of the year do they it's
5: actually it's actually the other way around, which is uh, if you call a snow day, then you have to add a day in June at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But if you call more than five, you don't have to call it, you don't have to add any more days beyond that. So the school day, the school year can't run, I think, beyond a week over.
0: Oh, okay. So people can make plans and know that those are solid.
5: Exactly. The, yeah. the one thing that the state here does, though, is is you know. Uh, if you call a snow day, it doesn't change the date where the kids have to take the standardized exam, mm. right? So, it's, so they really do lose Ready that Ready or not, day. here we come. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that's why the state asked me to do this study is if I had come back to them and said, look, snow days are really hurting student achievement, they might have decided to, you know, push the date of the exam back or, or allow. They do have waivers where a district can apply to the state and say, look, we've had, you know, uh, some amount of hardship when it comes to snow. We've missed five or six or seven days. Can we delay the exam by a week? And I think the state does very occasionally grant those kind of waivers.
1: Now, I think uh, Jason Butziger can help us with this, but the, yesterday the State Board of Education extended the window.
2: That... They did. I believe they extended nine days from, mm-hmm. from what I recall mm-hmm. for, the, uh, for the applied skills mm-hmm. assessments that are coming up. Is that the I-STEP? Is that the... I-STEP, yeah. yeah. It, they have two portions of the I-STEP, the applied skills, which is, is more of the uh, extended response. Uh, portion, and at the end of the year uh, end of April first of May, they administer the multiple choice portion. Mm-hmm. so is that a decision that uh, you 're happy about well in RBB, we we have a two week window for spring break mm-hmm. and uh, which starts i believe uh, friday the Friday uh, March fourteenth because of the snow days now we 've been taking off from that the second portion of that uh, the second week uh, of that two week uh, window. Um, and so it's it, with the extension. It, it really doesn't help our school corporation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay.
1: All right. If you want to join us on the program and talk about how these snow days are affecting you, uh, please give us a call at eight five five zero eight one one or. 877-285-9348. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. I want to go back to Jeff for a, for a minute. Uh, you know, you're out there on the roads uh, and trying to decide on you know, make, making these decisions. You know, we talked before about a little while well, Jeff talked about how or Jason talked about how it goes into um, making the decision in in uh, RBB. What about in Brown County where you've got all those twisty hilly roads i mean what 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 goes into making that decision on whether it's going to be a 2 hour delay or you're going to just call school
3: well the the decision's ultimately made by the superintendent however it's my job to give him the most of the information mm-hmm. uh, concerning the roads concerning the condition of the buses with the with the weather and uh, as far as the temperature goes but uh, we start looking at the radar when it's several states out mm-hmm. and and they're there a couple of weeks ago I looked at more radar than I ever care to look at, you know, for a while. But uh, that seems like that's all we were doing. Um, as every breaking moment we were watching the radar, especially on this big snow event. And then once it gets here, uh, we, we're comparing all the, the weather forecast and keeping as much of the updated information uh, in the front office as much as possible. And, and that's one reason why we're not big fans of calling it the evening before because there's been many times where the evening before uh, things can move 30 miles north and we could be completely in the clear or move 30 miles south and we're knee-deep in something we didn't expect. So um, there's a lot goes into it. It starts out many days before and then includes several hours up to the last minute. And if we don't call it the day before, we normally need to call it by 5.30 because we have buses rolling at 6.30. Mm-hmm. And so by, that's our, that's our drop-dead time, uh, the, the day of the event. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Josh, I was was told you needed to go about 1225. That's right. Right. So we want to make sure that you get out and do whatever you need to do. Uh, Anything you want to add before we let you go?
5: Uh, No. This has been a great discussion. Uh, uh, You know, as I kids in Massachusetts were thrilled when they heard the results of my study. Uh, but as I said, I, I really don't I, don't, I don't know if it applies to a world in which we're constantly, constantly being buried by snow.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, thanks Josh, Josh Goodman. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was uh, Josh Goodman. He's an assistant professor of public policy at Harvard. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about his study after we take a break, but it seems like a good time to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition. Welcome back to Noon Edition. Um, We're talking about snow days uh, in Indiana and the impact that it has on uh, students and on their parents and on teachers and all the educational process. We have three guests with us in the studio. Jason Blutzinger is the assistant superintendent for the Richland Bean Blossom Community Schools. Jeff Deckard is a transportation manager for the Brown County Schools, and Matthew Hoagland is an AP history teacher at Bloomington High School South. If you uh, were with us in the first half of the program, you also heard from Josh Goodman. We're going to talk a little bit more about his study um, that he did, which uh, showed that if you miss one or two school days, it's probably not having an impact on on student achievement. So uh, we talked to Josh Earlier, If you want to join us, please phone us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area, or you can join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon
0: edition. We had a, a caller on live chat who uh, mentioned the time zone situation that, you know, because we're on the edge of the central time zone, we we get dark we're still dark when it's really I'm not, my, I'm not saying this right am i well we're on the you know what i mean <laughs> we're on the western
3: edge of the eastern <laughs> yeah, time zone right
0: that's, that's right. it right. so uh anyway is is part of the two-hour delay are you just waiting for sunrise
3: uh many times that is uh, exactly correct we uh, uh there are so many especially in the remote areas if, if students and younger children are, are standing in a driveway or you know out of the wind just trying to get some protection mm-hmm. and and the, the they can't see, mm-hmm. and uh, they can't see the slick spots on the road when they're walking down. And there's several driveways that are very, very long, mm-hmm. and and have a, a lot of, of of tough navigating to do on foot. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a big help. That is one of the major factors. That and wind chill and and temperature.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. would you uh, – Matt, are you going to push to move back to central <laughs> time zone? I would love to. Um,
6: <laughs>
4: but, you know, I don't know how I many pull with the state legislature right. on that
1: one. Right. OK. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, since you're in the classroom every day, I mean, the, as uh, – as Josh Goodman's study said, and I think you agree with it, that a, a one or two days, it's not a big deal. You can really adjust to that. But yeah. so far, having four days out and you know, other people have had more than that, what's that do to a teacher in trying to make sure you get through all the all the material you need to get through? Well, it, it's, there, there's a rhythm and a
4: momentum to teaching, mm-hmm. and we have not been able to get our rhythm back since you know before the hol- really the holiday break in particular. Um, so it's, it really does throw you off, and I think that there is – when it's been this long of a period, some learning lost there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a struggle that way. Um, the days lost are are a problem um, in some classes. My AP class actually ends in two weeks, and I've just been mm-hmm. jamming to get through the last material by the end of that two-week period. Now the other AP classes will last uh, the rest of the year, and they can be a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. Uh, AP tests are one of those things that are, they're not going to get a window. They're set mm-hmm. by you know across the, the country. It's the same. Um, the day for the test is the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change. So that's an issue, I think, uh, that we keep, don't have a lot of flexibility on.
0: I know um, after we had the, the day off this week, uh, my son came home with a lot of homework last night. Mm-hmm. was up very, very late. Um, is that uh, something that you're kind of forced to do is to send a lot of the learning home that you aren't able to cover in class?
4: yeah I, you know, I try to avoid doing a lot of that, but that's one one tactic I suppose you you know you can use and might have to bring in and is to cut things and is to do a lot more maybe lecturing uh, even than you would normally so yeah you have to do a lot of things to kind of compress everything and it it's um, a little painful for everybody involved, especially mm-hmm. the students I'm sure
6: yeah.
1: <laughs> how do you I, I'll, I guess I'll ask you uh, matthew and and also Jason in, in particular, how do the students Sort of react to all this. I mean, the, the coming in late and and not having a school this day and then coming back in the next day. do you see a change in them?
2: I, I think it disrupts a it disrupts a rhythm, as mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. was previously explained. And, and I joined the school corporation in, in early December, and that very first week we started to have the the, the large snowfalls, um, and then the delayed starts. And since we've been back from the holidays, I can tell just even with the adults, it has it has created that inconsistency and disrupted that rhythm where you just can't seem to get moving You start to get moving and then all of a sudden it gets stopped and then trying to pick up where you left off. That's difficult for teachers. So you can imagine what's happening with our students. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that lack of consistency, um, that lack of structure. Uh, I think, I think over this period of time where it's consistent it's going to have an impact on, on our students yeah. and our staff yeah, and, right. and and instructional uh, um, instructional achievement.
0: Well, it's almost as if nobody's putting their full weight down because it's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't you know, know, know if we're going in tomorrow or not. We'll I just wait and see. Yeah, <laughs> and I know from
2: yeah. from my perspective, it's hard to it's hard to establish any rhythm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it produces some. Um
4: uh, less than perfect behavior I did a little unofficial survey yesterday in my class and I asked them how many people stayed up later thinking there was going to be a delay or whatever and yeah and over half the class this is seniors, said they stayed up later thinking there would be a delay so mm-hmm. their their behavior changes they throw their routines off Young people do that to themselves pretty regularly, but they really need the routines. Even seniors still need that routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another little odd nugget, I noticed uh, over the years that when we have a two-hour delay, I see more tardies first period than on a normal day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once you throw a, you know, that, the monkey wrench
1: in, everything kind of yeah. – goes by the wayside.
0: We humans, we need our routines, mm-hmm. don't we? Hey,
1: another place is disrupted on those two-hour delay days, Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's, right. That's across the street from the Herald-Times mm. and right next to South, so I, I noticed that.
0: Jeff, I, I would think that your uh, bus drivers, this would just be driving them to distraction as well. <laughs> it
3: It does to uh to a great degree because many of them have other jobs they have other part time jobs have other full time jobs mm-hmm. and and it does uh it is very disruptive for the drivers and and once again you know that's why they would like to know you know as soon as possible so they can make plans for the next day and until you know uh, anyone that they have to follow up with and and that 's what makes it so difficult, but many of those decisions, even on a two hour delay there 's a lot of driving time at three and four a m in the morning that, that goes into making that decision and uh, the superintendent uh, Mr. Schaefer in Brown County is out there as well. He drives as many as thirty forty miles uh, as well as two or three other of us that do that to make that decision, whether to go that day or to two hour delay. Or, to close,
0: yeah, I know my friend John Carter and at MCCSC has logged a lot of those early morning miles as well. I wanted to ask you about buses they 've always been kind of a mystery to me. Um, school buses are diesel, right
3: uh, most of them, yes, they okay, are most
0: now. of them are diesel, and they have um, kind of special needs in a, in the ultra cold is that right
3: they do uh, they have uh, many different types of things that, that assist them in heating the fuel and and that's uh, yet another thing is that some some buses do not get plugged into electricity they need electricity to 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 have to have block heaters and mm-hmm. and and certain fuel systems heaters that uh, that are not integrated into the bus system itself and and many times uh, In one of the snow events that we had earlier, we had an absence of electricity in some of the places. So... (laughs) So uh, there were people that maybe even taking generators out and, and, and putting a generator up so they could warm the bus up and keep the bus, you know, ready to start and with the ability to, to, or the anticipation of going to school that day.
0: Are the heaters, the fuel heaters, are those aftermarket? Do you guys have to buy those or do the buses usually come equipped with
3: those? Most of them come equipped with those. Uh, some of them throughout the development of the years are the most uh, broad range of the buses in our fleet is around 10, 11 years. And and through developments, they, they have fuel filter heaters in them. They have block heaters in them. They have different types of heaters that that preheat the fuel so that it doesn't uh, gel up. And, mm-hmm. and wind chill normally doesn't affect a bus all that much. It's that constant cold temperature mm-hmm. because of it being an inanimate object. But uh, we also have to take in mind the, the fact that if the bus breaks down, you know, the, the children are on the bus, mm-hmm. out of the wind. However, mm-hmm. if the bus has no heat, then it, it comes back down to that temperature. Yeah, you're uh, in a
0: mailbox with tires, that's basically. That's exactly right. Yeah. Until
3: And all then right. during the transfer and whatever. So, so we try to take all those considerations uh you know take all that into consideration i guess i should say and uh, when we make a decision
0: are your best drivers themselves responsible do they own their buses or do you have like a crew that maintains the buses and gets them gets them ready for the bus drivers how does that work
3: well um actually my figures may be a little off because i uh, also am, am new to this job I began in August, but I believe we have around nine contractors and about 40 contract buses. And then we own all of our special needs buses, which are about 13 of those mm-hmm. on the road. But the special needs buses are gasoline, mm-hmm. and they they don't need to be plugged in, mm-hmm. and they normally start uh, mm-hmm. whenever we need them to start. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the, the diesel, uh, all the other buses. There was one day we loaned out every spare bus we had in our fleet to the contractors because they were all gelling up.
0: Wow, wow.
1: We did have a, a somebody uh, on the online chat that, that suggested that uh, his kids seemed to be in a better mood because they're getting more sleep, and he wondered if the <laughs> teachers had had noticed that. And it sounds like Matthew, maybe not. I don't know.
4: Oh no, they're happy. Yeah. They're happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're not very focused or motivated, <laughs> yeah. but they're happier. Yeah, okay. That's true. All right. All right. Well, I mean, the whole sleep issue is one that, that everybody discusses because, of course, you know, there have been lots and lots of studies that say teenagers are not at their best. Young people are not at their best until you know, it takes them a while to wake up. So.
0: About 9 p.m. in my experience.
8: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: well, I think a lot of that goes back to the the, the deprivation of sunlight too. You know, mm-hmm. my, my favorite day is December the 22nd because mm-hmm. I know every day is starting to get a little longer and and as it comes and and it does wear on you. And I'm I'm sure that, that they sleep when the sun's you know when the sun's down. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, we have a phone call and it's from uh, from your area. It's from Ellsworth. So okay. Veronica, here on the line, Veronica
6: got a question a a comment i'm retired i have two kids who are in their 40s we're all from cincinnati which is known as the city of seven hills and it is you can't go two miles with going up without going up and down and around anyway between all of us i have a degree from the university of cincinnati my whole entire education time was in cincinnati as were my children we never ever had a snow day. One snow day we had was during a blizzard, but other than that, mm-hmm. that was the highway department, not the school system. <laughs> right.
1: So oh, you're, you're. Oh, I'm
6: sort of thinking the kids are being grown up as wusses. <laughs> <The weather.
1: laughs> okay, uh, you know, okay, we were raising a bunch of soft kids. What do you think?
6: Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I sorry, I actually... well, I certainly understand what you're saying. Uh, we we want to make sure that we're able to get our. Uh, our students and our staff uh, to school, uh, to the corporation is safe, and, and is safe in a safe uh, and efficient manner. And uh, um, lately, uh, looking at our roads, it, it hasn't provided for that safety.
0: I wonder if consolidation has anything to do with that. When you had, uh, before consolidation, you had more neighborhood schools, so kids were walking probably more mm-hmm. than they are now. The With the further distances, they it's a necessity that they ride a bus. So so maybe that's part of it, Veronica. Maybe it's not the kids are getting soft. Maybe they just have farther distance or longer distances to travel.
6: Let me tell you something, dear.
0: <laughs> I lived
6: five miles from my high school, and we had to take a bus, and the buses ran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh-huh. all I can tell you. Okay. All right, all
4: right. Uh, I grew up in Indiana in the '70s, and I remember twice being stuck on a school bus trying to get us home after school mm-hmm. during a blizzard, and they had to take us home on snowmobiles and. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're just maybe more sensitive to that kind of safety yeah. issue now than we used to be then. Mm-hmm. And that's but you know sort of yeah. the nature of yeah. America in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's an Ohio-Indiana thing. <laughs> uh, <no.
3: laughs>
1: I don't think so.
3: <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> I think some of it comes from... Uh, uh, Basically, what we see on the news—it's more widespread. People see a bus on its side on an icy, slick road in Alabama. They never get ice, and they're concerned, and they don't want their children on on that same bus that's laying on the side or whatever. So, I think it's a tendency that we err on the side of caution to make sure that that doesn't happen. And and that certainly is the way you know we feel in Brown County is that uh, we're always going to err on the side of caution for the children's safety. And 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 I guess that's where we. Base our decision. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't you think? And Jason, you can probably address this best. Don't you think it's it's also sort of a, a litigious society that if you you know if you send your buses out there and something does happen and a bunch of kids get hurt,
2: you're going to be in court. Absolutely. And I was I was going to mention that. That's uh, society has certainly changed in that yeah, respect. And um, you know we want to make sure that uh, we're providing a, a safe a safe haven for all of our students and. Uh, um we, you know the more we see uh, uh with media coverage um we want to make sure that uh uh you know, we're able to um, put everyone in a good situation.
0: Yeah. yeah. Jason, this might be – you might be the best person to, to answer this question, but um, I could – as a mom, I worry about kids having appropriate clothing. Um, when you see kids um, – what, what what are you seeing? I mean, are people – are kids showing up dressed appropriately, or if, if that – if you see somebody who isn't, uh, do you have a system in place to address that?
2: Well, obviously, uh, when we when we make the call for late starts or for uh, days off uh, based based on let's say wind chill, um, you know, we're always putting out there. Please stay, you know, please stay safe. Please dress, please dress warm. Um, I know our building administrators and teachers are constantly addressing that with students um, and parents. Uh, For the most part, from what I've seen, kids do a pretty good job of uh, remaining bundled up. you know having been uh having been a middle school a principal in the past a middle school teacher um it, it's not uncommon to see kids come to sh- with shorts you know it's that's it's, it's very common you can't change that as a school system um but what you can do is just continuous uh continuously remind people um of the safety precautions and, and why
0: Matthew, i saw you shake your head during that comment
2: i I'm not Around elementary
4: uh, kids, but I know at the middle and high school level, you do see a lot of kids who just kind of refuse to wear the appropriate clothing just because it's not cool. They still show up in a thin sweatshirt and a hoodie as if that's going to help when it's Mm -hmm. minus 10. Mm -hmm. So you do see that. On the other hand, because
1: the schools are generally colder thanks to energy
4: saving – We are seeing less dress code violations. So there's a good (laughs) sign.
9: Yeah.
1: You know, I have to mention that I went to, uh, to the patent lecture Tuesday night in the middle of the biggest snowstorm. And there was a guy there in shorts and a sleeveless shirt. And I was like, wow, I can't believe this. But. Right. Jeff,
0: do your bus drivers ever say, "Hey, I have a kid on my bus route that I'm concerned about," and I mean, do you have anything in place to say, "Gosh, this kid needs a coat"?
3: We do, and and those drivers, it's it's it is like a family. In, yeah, in and Brown they're the County. first people to see and, the kids and, in the morning. And we have had a lot of drivers just go ahead and give them a coat, buy them a coat, and, and the ones that are in need. And then there there's there's we have things in place to take care of those and but then the things that, that, that concern them just just as uh, they discussed here is the kids that are in shorts that you know they wouldn't you know they wouldn't change it for the world and and so you know they just remind them tell them about the wind chill and and move forward
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
4: Yeah. probably every school has a stash of coats and stuff
1: but it can be really hard to tell what's need versus what's just
0: stubbornness yeah
1: hard-headedness <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we're talking about uh, the, the snowy winter and what, how the, the impact, how it's affecting the schools, uh, your, your children, uh, yourself as a parent trying to, to keep your job, um, also the bus drivers, the teachers, the whole gamut. If you have any comments or any questions uh, about this, you give us a call at 855-0811 or toll-free 877-285-9348. You can also join a live chat at WFIU.org slash noon edition.
0: Jason, has are you aware of uh, a, an official at your school system ever having received a, a phone call from an employer saying, "You know, you're killing me here. My I can't get my my work done. My workers aren't able to be here because you're you're you know they have to take care of their children."
2: Not that i 'm aware of
0: not, okay. not that i 'm aware of no, I bet. I'll bet you,
1: I'll bet you've all gotten your share of phone calls uh, this year I, I mean it, a lot of times you can 't do it right
2: i mean you, you get you 'll get a phone call one minute saying i can 't believe you 're doing a two hour delay and then you get a, the next minute you're getting a phone call i can 't believe you're two, doing a two hour delay. We should be out of school you know you, you get you, you get all you know all ends uh, and from one extreme to the next you know, bottom line, is this, is this going to put our students and our faculty and, and, and families in a, in a safe situation? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I want to sort of redirect a little bit because I, I know, you know, I grew up in a different time when we didn't have all the standardized testing that you guys are dealing with now. And, and I think maybe some of our listeners could use a little primer on, you know, what kind of what, what's the schedule for standardized tests and why is it so important that, you know, kids don't miss school? You know, with the calendar,
2: standardized assessments are, are how, in the state of Indiana, are how our schools are are graded, um, and and our corporations are graded. So it, it's extremely important um, that we have students there each and every day, uh, ready to learn, um, so that way we can uh, we can get them moving in the right direction and and put our best put foot forward as uh, as a, a in our as our schools and, and in our corporation.
1: Mm-hmm. And what's the schedule for the standardized test? We uh, talked about that a little bit. Before
2: yeah, they. They will be assessing uh, grades three through eight um, I step applied skills, which is more of an extended response uh, portion a writing portion like an essay portion. kind of an essay portion in the, in the old will, days. yeah <laughs> and that will be uh, that will be uh, starting here uh, early early march and and extend a little bit based on um, the state uh, because of all the the winter weather they're extending that a little bit um, through uh, later march uh, and then at the end of the year, we do give the I step. Uh, um, multiple-choice assessments. Okay.
1: All right, we have a phone call. Let's go to uh, Sue from Carmel. Sue? Yes, hello. Hey, go right ahead.
8: I'm enjoying your program. Thank you. Especially because I'm chairman of the Central Time Coalition in Indiana. <laughs> we're trying to get Indiana restored to its original oh. and geographically correct Central Time. Mm-hmm. We are tracking the number of school delays, and we're putting a dollar value on that to taxpayers. Uh, we're especially interested in the Eastern Time Schools. There are 247 districts in the Eastern Time Schools, and as of January 31st, there had been 1,770 delays called for a total hour of 300 and uh, 3,541 classroom hours lost. And at a conservative cost of $7 per student per hour, that's based on teacher salaries only, um, that's seventy-one over seventy-one million dollars. Um, there, on January second, uh, it cost five million dollars that day, and that's because we're paying for instruction, and that is not occurring. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, let me just uh, ask. I mean, how how many of these two-hour delays? And I guess I'll ask uh, our panelists here too. I mean. You, it doesn't seem like you could say that, that all of these two-hour delays would have been eliminated if we were on
8: central time. No, uh, it wouldn't be. However, the interesting thing is, there are a couple of school districts — Jay County is one, and I, there's another one that are actually calling three-hour delays, and then they are extending the day by one hour, and that keeps them in the, within the five-hour instructional I see. Um, requirement. So it could be possible if we were on central time and it's okay for the buses to deliver the kids at 10 o'clock, then uh, um, if we were on Eastern time and it's okay at 10 o'clock, then on central time, sun-wise, that would be nine o'clock. So you could restrict the delays to one hour. Um, And you could extend them by one, uh, the day by one hour and actually eliminate almost all delays. Mm-hmm. maybe in dark winter when but you know people say it's uh it gets dark at four o'clock it doesn't get dark at four o'clock the latest uh um, sunset is four twenty, and you have a twilight period after that so all kids would still be returned home by dark even if you extended the day
1: are you getting any traction with your central time commission yes we are okay just yep. just curious
8: we filed a petition of grievance in January, and we're hoping to have hearing of these issues because there are multiple, multiple issues mm-hmm. involved with our Eastern Time Zone designation. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Sue, we really appreciate your call. Any reactions? Thank you for the, the call. To, uh... It's
0: really great data. Very well, interesting.
2: I'll tell you, before I came to before I came to Richland Bean Blossom, I was uh, in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it's been quite an adjustment, to be honest with you, even though it's an only an hour time difference, just... Um, you know, when you're moving from the eastern the eastern tip, or the eastern portion of the central time zone to the western portion of the eastern time zone, and you lose that hour, uh, it does have an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can see that personally. Mm-hmm.
3: All right. Jeff? And in Brown County, when we make the decision, uh, it certainly is a contributing circumstance that it may be still in darkness and uh, along as well as the condition of the roads uh, the temperature and the wind chill and and it is considered but yet as a contributing circumstance, and it may on on some of occasions it may be the trump card, so to speak that that causes us well, if we were in in daylight but but not all the cases it's just it is still a contributing circumstance, sure
1: okay. We have another phone call, and this is from Kent in Eastern Green, and he's got a question about uh about buses for Jeff.
9: Hello. Hi. Hi. Go ahead, I listened to yeah. your conversation earlier regarding diesel fuel, buses, and gelling. Mm-hmm. This went out 20 years ago. I've got a diesel tractor, um, and I don't use the block heater on it, and I didn't have any trouble, and it's not shedded either. It's out in the open with a tarp thrown over it. I didn't have any trouble starting it at minus 15. Hmm. What is this business about? Gelling of diesel fuel. What kind of stuff are you guys buying? Secondly, one other question. (laughs) And that is, I think some of the buses I have seen on the road have, and the only way I know how to describe it, is whirly chains, where they have chains stuck under the rear axle that can be activated to throw chains under the tires. And I know of at least one circumstance from last year, where an ambulance had those out here in Eastern Green, and they did absolutely no good. This thing was stuck and couldn't get out, even with the whirly chains. Are there any contingencies for those?
3: Yes. Uh, let me, let me uh, address that first. Uh, they're made by a company in North Vernon, Indiana. And we have one bus with those on, on them, and we use that. Uh, it's one of our newer buses. Okay. And uh, uh, I don't want to get into copyright stuff, so I'm not naming any names. Okay. But anyway, I understand uh, they're activated by a switch, yeah. and, and they can be deployed up to 20 miles an hour. And once they get over 20 miles an hour, they're not of of much use. So we use that bus. We have scheduled that bus for our long athletic runs. If they're going to be into, uh, say, in the western part of the county and maybe a storm might be coming in or whatever. And so we've rescheduled that, and we are now looking at uh, outfitting a special needs bus with those. And, and an, an additional uh, uh, large passenger bus and one of our athletic, uh, smaller athletic buses. Uh, it great they to work. They they do work. We tested them uh, on one of our uh, snow packed hills, and where, where the driver actually came to a nearly a dead stop, and uh, he was able to uh, to get up the hill without spinning the tires. And then on the the, the solid ice in a black or in a uh, parking lot, uh, he came to a stop without deploying them, and uh, was unable to get away from a stop sign. Okay. Flipped the switch. They came down. Once the tire starts spinning, they actually rub against the tire, okay. and it causes them to, to throw a little bit of a chain uh, repetitively under that tire, and you're just kind of kind of rolling over that. They are effective in most conditions, I will say that.
9: Boy, this ambulance out here in Eastern Green, it was blocking Highway 43, and those whirly chains didn't do anything for it. Hmm. I'm assuming they were in good working condition. Yes. But it could not get up what is called Schoolhouse Hill mm-hmm. out here on 43. Yes. They were just jammed.
3: And, and to follow up on your, uh, diesel gelling, yeah. uh, the only, there, there's a lot of different criteria that goes into that, and the volume of fuel that is consumed by a bus passes through a filter, and sure. probably uh, they consume, uh, ten times the amount of fuel that you, you, you pass through your filter in Absolutely. your tractor. And so the filter is the biggest, uh, the biggest blockage, because once it gets a little bit of moisture in it, and it gets the cold temp, and then the, the, the gelling, then. ices up. Yes.
9: It's not really the fuel that's icing up. That's right. It's the filter that actually ices up. So it's more a problem of school bus maintenance rather than the way the buses are built. Or the fuel
3: itself. And, and there's a lot to that. You are correct. And, and I'm sure that the manufacturers of school buses would like to know what kind of tractor you have. <laughs> <laughs>
9: well, I can't mention that over the phone,
0: I don't think. Is it but green? major brand. Okay. It's very popular. All
1: right. Gotcha. Kent, thanks a lot for your call. Okay. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We've got uh, just about two minutes to go in the program. I think we're going to try to get another phone call in if our, uh, our producer is busily. Trying to do that? So do we have a phone call? Okay, we don't have a phone call. Okay. okay so we in the last minute, minute and a half. Um Matthew, you you're gonna be just running in place to catch up here or something? Run, run. Yeah, um, and we'll
4: do I mean with AP classes, the nice thing is they've got AP students and they'll they'll make up a lot of the lost ground. Mm-hmm. Uh I would I would not want to lose perspective in all this. This has been a really aberrant winter. Mm-hmm. Compared to the last you know, last five to ten or so, and uh, you know, when you look at lost student instruction and lost learning opportunities it 's probably nothing compared to their constant contact with cell
1: phones yeah. so, <laughs> right. so a little mm-hmm. perspective might be good here, mm-hmm. yeah well, and as uh, Josh Goodman said earlier, I, I, actually it 's in his study about just absences in general, and, mm-hmm. you know just the, the idea that most people you know we need to worry about those and uh, in our last minute, I just want to welcome Jason to to Monroe County. Oh, that was great to be thank here. Thank you. So you just started in December? Just started in December. And you've had yeah. qu- quite a time. you <laughs> it, it has You been. know, you
0: did mention <laughs> that as soon as you got here, all this started happening. I didn't uh, want to say anything. Right. <laughs> it,
2: that has been brought up to me before. <laughs> all right. Well,
0: welcome.
2: Yeah, the, we hope
0: you'll come back and join us on the show thanks. again Love another to be time. Back.
1: We're out of time. I want to thank uh, Jason Bledsinger. Thank you very much for being here. Also, Jeff Deckard from Brown County, Matthew Hoagland. Good to see you, Matt. Uh, Josh Goodman, who was here on the first half of the program for producer Claire McInerney, engineer Mike Pashkash, and Mary Catherine Carmichael. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening.
7: Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times, a podcast of this and other WFIU programs,